on November 26, 2021, the hosts of the Voices of Jamaica podcast met for the first time in a roundtable discussion convened by Zara Henry. Hear from Breadlocks, Tamika, Demario, Damian, Mel, Cavell, Russell, Sondry, Waldane, and Natalia as they discuss the communities featured in their podcasts as well as their podcast experience from idea to reality. The Voices of Jamaica is presented by the Alpha School of Music and made possible with the support from the Embassy of the United States, Kingston. For more information about the Voices of Jamaica, please visit alphamusicja.com. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Zara Henry, and I'm a member of the Jamaica International Streaming Expo team, which is hosted by the Alpha School of Music here in Kingston, Jamaica, and it, of course, is made possible by the United States Embassy through its Public Affairs Division, also in Kingston, Jamaica. So here we are at the final stage of a year-long project. Um, the Jamaica International Streaming Expo, also known as StreamX for short, has really aimed to build capacity and serve as a platform for knowledge exchange through looking at how streaming media can innovate and sustain the way that we continue the productive sectors and industries in Jamaica. Um, we have done this through a series of webinars um, with our partners, business partners who are media, streaming media experts in the States. So we did webinars on podcasting and streaming, talking about what that is all about, the difference between various forms of streaming media. Then we moved into doing a webinar about community radio. We moved into talking about news and publishing industries and how streaming can help to offer monetization for those industries. We moved into looking at streaming and entertainment. And then most recently, we had a discussion about sports and streaming. And we had a panelist there from the Jamaica Esports um, Association. So we've been engaging a variety of local experts in these fields, as well as our international experts from the United States. And so all of this project has really culminated into our call for proposals, which is where you, our lovely um, Voices of Jamaica podcasters come in. Um, the proposal issued out was for representing your community. Um, and it was for 10 um, podcasts to receive uh, an award for making a podcast episode, which would form part of our Voices of Jamaica podcast series. So all of you are our distinguished guests here today because you were, your podcast proposals were selected. Um, by now you have done your podcast, you have sent us your podcast, and we just want to congratulate you again. It's been an amazing process. We were so inspired by your, your podcast presentations um, and our interviews with you. And so now we just want to have a final virtual reception, really just to, to talk to you about like what inspired you to look into these communities, to explore this through this podcasting platform, um, to talk about the challenges, um, the best practices, the ways forward um, as you go forward in, you know, using digital and streaming media to sustain your creative practice. So without further ado, I would like to just give you each the chance to um, introduce yourselves. I'm going to go around to choose each of you so that you can just say your name, which organization or portfolio or community you represent, and the, the name of your podcast episode or what it's about. So we will start now with uh, Melville. Hello, my name is Melville Cook, Mel Cook, and I work as a school teacher. I used to write for entertainment for the Gleaner, so I'm coming from a journalist background as well. And I also write poetry. Those three things come together in the community that I looked at or that I'm trying to that I'm trying to engage with through the podcast, which is about writing let's make that clear it's about writing so it's titled echo chamber writers on writers and what myself and my partner tanya batson savage did is we spoke to four persons about a dead writer who they knew and interacted with personally so thank you for that melville i'm going to hand over to um Cavell. 
All right. Hi, I'm Tavel Hilton, science educator extraordinaire. And my podcast is about science unlocked. In this episode, we feature a biochemist and graphic artist, as well as a rising STEM star. Nice. All right. And I hand over now to Demario, also known as Mbuta Mwalimu. Greetings, greetings to everyone. My podcast is about Kumina. The title of the podcast is This is Kumina. I represent the authentic Kumina Village, which is a group from in St. Thomas. So we kind of scratch the surface in a sense of what Kumina really is and some of the practices that Kumina entails. So yes, I give thanks. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Russell. Hi, afternoon, everybody. I'm Russell Thompson, a marketer. I operate a marketing firm, Face Marketing. I also am involved in pest control and more recently a filmmaker, which turns out to be the basis for my podcast, uh, The Perfect Place to Make a Movie. Briefly, you know, it's just us as filmmakers discussing as friends as well, uh, the film industry and why Jamaica, some of the strengths that Jamaica has um, in terms of choosing a destination to shoot a film. So, yeah. Excellent. Sandri. Hi, everyone. My name is Sandri. Uh, my podcast is about um, Kendall. It's called Kendall Connect. And it was really about trying to make a connection between something that is central to Kendall, which was there, which was the train crash of 1957. And just to see where the community has come since then. And what, if anything else, is needed to, to help the community get better developed. Excellent. Well, Dean. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Walden. Um, I am a performance artist um, and I dub myself a Creole performance artist, meaning that I am from the Caribbean and um, no one does uh, performance like we do. My work or my podcast rather is um, looking at Brookings, the traditional practice of Brookings and um, creating a documentation of it, of course, and um, suggesting ways in which we can preserve such culture um, from Jamaica. Awesome. Breadlocks, your turn. Give thanks. Greetings, you know. I am Breadlocks. I am the CEO of Charismatic Productions. Uh, we are a social enterprise, you know, operational here in Jamaica. Um, we have a podcast series that is called Ayad Live. So our podcast is really looking at the yard, you know, Jamaica, the spaces in Jamaica and the people in Jamaica who make Jamaica what it is. Those unsung heroes, those gentle giants, you know. Yeah, so I podcast really look at Bob Marley Beach, the Bob Marley Beach experience. And we know how our spaces in Jamaica is not just in terms of, you know, a nice place to hang out, but it is inspirational. It, helps with mental health and all these things. We're also experiencing a lot of environmental changes, you know, but we'll have to record these things and we'll have to um, write our own history. So it's either high story or her story, but, you know, we already know about his story, you know? Give thanks. All right, so moving to Tammy. Hi, guys. I am Tamika, um, also known as Tammy. Professionally, I'm a life coach, but fundamentally, I'm an explorer. I like to take whatever sparks my interest in time and explore it and see where it leads and share that. So I do that through podcasts or blogs. For this, uh, I did the Taino people, Far From Extinction, that's the name of my podcast, because, you know, helping my son with homework, I started reading more about the Tainos. Then I heard something that hey, there are Tainas here or people who identify as Tainas here. And I was like, okay. So that kind of sent me down a path I didn't expect. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Damian. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Hope you're doing good. Uh, thank you, Zara. Uh, my podcast was entitled And the Opportunities, uh, really looking at... Uh, the impact of the pandemic on youth across Jamaica, but more specifically to one particular community um, that's considered to be inner city, not so much recognized right across the island, and looking at how um, they um, became resilient um, young people and ambassadors for the community and also the nation as well. Nice. 
And last but certainly not least, Natalia. Hi, guys. My podcast is about how lucrative having a dance career is in Jamaica. And I'm taking it from, you know, classically trained dancers and also dance hall dancers. And I really just felt like dancers on a whole needed a voice to really speak out on the challenges that they face, how they network, how they go about their day to day and how to get the jobs because not everybody can be you know academically trained or even have the resources and I feel like we need to hone into our arts a little bit more and see how lucrative it is in Jamaica so that's what my podcast is about I've been a dancer for about 20 years um, I toured with Lakadka United Caribbean Dance Force and that's where I danced with as well so my library is just full of experiences and tours and experiencing other cultures as a Jamaican dancer. All right. So, so some of you gave us a little more of a sneak peek into the rationale behind, you know, your podcast episode. So with this segment, I'm going to give you, so we have a little less time to do it, but um, perhaps now you can then delve a little more than what you just told us. So I want to, I call it like a little bit of a pitch. I want you to pitch to the rest of your, pitch to the rest of your fellow VOJ, Voices of Jamaica podcasters, and just give us a little more insight into what really inspired you to undertake um, this particular podcast episode. Just tell us a bit more about your interest um, in 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 this in this field or or in this community um, that you are representing, so I will start with um, Buta, the Mario. Yes, sir. So greetings again to everyone. The community I represent the authentic Komina village. So basically, the objective behind the village is preserving and, in a sense, restoring what we call the authentic practice of Kumina. Kumina has very deep roots and influence on Jamaican culture, religiously, socially, culturally, even as it regards to entertainment, music-wise, Kumina has a very strong influence on Jamaican music culture. You know, even dance as well. Kumina has a very strong influence on dance. From Wapikil Philip to now, you know, a lot of what we see today in terms of, of even dance in dance hall are literally dance moves that are kind of remix version of actual Kumina movement, you know? So the interest of our community and my personal interest as well is to shed light on the authentic practice of Kumina. Over time, we see where things of cultural roots are warped in a sense as we go through time. So there is a there is a depth to Kumina. There's a lot of misunderstanding as well uh, surrounding Kumina. There's a lot of misconception. And we as practitioners in Kumina know different and know the importance of the practice of Kumina. So the interest of the community is really to restore and to preserve that authenticity and to shed light on the positive influences of Kumina on Jamaican culture and to rid Kumina of the, the, the misconception and the lack of misunderstanding that there is surrounding the culture. Thanks, Mbuta. Um, wow, you're right on the money because I'm giving each person two minutes. <laughs> um, I would ask that each person just like select someone else to, to follow them after. So Mbuta, do you have someone you'd like to nominate? What you would tell it, officer. Dance from one dance to the next. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it like that. <laughs> That's all fun. My podcast, you know, it speaks to chorus dance. And as Matumba was so graciously educating us on Kumina, you know, I feel like that needs a voice. And that was the inspiration behind why I did my podcast the way I did it, because there are a lot of misconceptions about dancing in Jamaica as a dancer, people you know, put a negative connotation towards it as if to say, you cannot be a professional dancer. And I really felt like I needed to shift the focus and shift it into a more positive light and into also 
you know, a lucrative life. So that's what <laughs> inspired the podcast. And also I found that it inspired a lot of the people that I interviewed to, to want to talk about, you know, the struggles, the challenges and the misconceptions that people have. Yeah, that's 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 me. <laughs> and who are you nominating? I am nominating Breadlocks. Give thanks, give thanks, Royal Empress. Uh, yes, uh, as we say, charismatic productions. This is a movement that has been operating in terms of the entertainment industry in Jamaica for the last 10 years. And we have identified that the Jamaican experience, the Caribbean experience, Pan-Africanist experience has been very influential. I find that even within the world now, we identify that Jamaicans have received and have attained some of the highest achievements, whether locally or internationally. But who are the individuals who actually nudge them on, who cheer them on? Who was that unsung hero from the community, from you know, school, from even you, everyone who is listening right now, you actually inspired somebody. You know, what about your story? And hence, Ayad Live. Again, Ayad Live, it, you know, was a podcast in terms of operating outside of, you know, a few months ago. And we came up with that concept because, again, let us tell our own story. Let us express ourselves as we know best and not allow other persons to write of us and write negatively or speak negatively. And therefore, it is an inspirational podcast that seeks to identify the greatness in all of us. So, and a real intention fire is to facilitate that, allow my people to understand that they're great kings and queens, hence the Ayad. So probably the Ayad will be live next time. So let me invite you know, any one of you to contact me and we just do a little thing, same way, and let the people them know our story, you know? Give thanks. Yeah, man, we can definitely make those collaborations happen. Blessings, breadlocks. And yeah, I'm hearing a lot of just, you know, the, the, the desire to, to speak the truth of the own communities, coming from the communities themselves, a kind of ground up approach and just um, debunking a lot of the myths, um, maybe, you know, or just ideas that people might have that they may not know of, you know, what actually exists, you know, the reasons or the aspects of various parts of our heritage and our culture um, and educating everyone. So I'm loving the collaborative energy I'm seeing. Uh, Redlocks, who are you nominating? All right. Um, Shaw, I think it is. Sandri. Yes. All right. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my brother. Yes, princess, um, good thoughts. <laughs> so what inspired this podcast for me was Basically, my background is in history. I've always been one of those confused academics. I love entertainment and dancing. So my brother over here with Kumina and sister over here, Tali. Yeah, man, I would have loved that. But um, I also went into teaching and then I thought, usually we don't pay attention a lot because of how information is delivered. And there are some topics that we would have seen if you watch TVJ or TV, whichever local station during the holidays, you see these, these constant videos over and over again and they get old and outdated and no new information is ever added at any time to keep up with how the generation changes. And so um, as I went along, I realized that when we were coming down to September 2, the anniversary of a Kendall train crash was coming up. As a producer in radio now, we usually remind people about those, but then the young people are asking, or the younger people, are asking about this. We don't know anything about it. So I decided to do um, do a little, I wanted it to be a video. It never worked out the way I planned. So I had to stick with audio, but I wanted to sort of add to the existing body of knowledge on the crash, but to tell it from a different angle, to give their persons who are still living, who were either on the train or went on the scene on the day, and there are also persons who have heard different stories coming along. And so I wanted to give a voice from the base up so the people who are living in the community can tell you their perspective. This is how I know it. This is how I heard it. This is what has happened afterwards. This is how we were affected. This is how we continue to be affected. And if we are to make any changes and improve our current situation, this is how it can be done. 
and we are the ones who are being affected. So we are the ones who are giving the recommendations that you can also include. So that was my inspiration behind it, really. And to have a good feature to remind people about the, the accident. I mean, Jamaica became known for it. Not such a lovely, not such a lovely event, but at the time it happened, it was the second worst accident of its kind in the world. So a lot of people knew about it. So, you know, just to rehash that and see how best I could add to the knowledge. Russell looks like we'll have to do a whole film on that, eh? <laughs> I am thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, who was a filmmaker again? Maybe we can talk afterwards. <laughs> Are you All nominating right. him? So, I, that is where I was going. I'm wondering if I should nominate the filmmaker now. <laughs> okay, so I go over my pass over to the filmmaker. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I, actually, that really is a really good story. Um, I feel like I saw a trailer once. I don't know, Zara, you could help me out. I think I saw a trailer, like, I don't know if it was Deborah Black was doing a, a film for the crash, I think, but she was more focused on the story. Yes, it was. I remember I mentioned that to you. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Kendall crash, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it, if it came out or if it was even filmed, but um, I know I saw a trailer. Mm-hmm for it um but yeah no it's definitely a good story i can tell and that's that's a part of what our podcast is about just even emphasizing onto the stories in jamaica and you know getting a platform to tell these stories to the world because you know one of the things we mentioned is that in jamaica we have more orators and writers and we need to invest some more in the in the writing aspect of it because that's how we can truly embody the stories that we have to tell um so in my podcast, it was me. I've been in the film industry for four years. The guys I did the podcast with were the ones who actually introduced me to the industry. Um, Joshua Paul, he's a director. Uh, I think he's done about six films now. The last film that we worked on was a film that we entered into the My Road Reel competition. They announced the winner yesterday. We didn't win. Um, <laughs> uh, it's an Australian competition. The winner gets 250,000 US. So. Oh, <laughs> we we jumped okay. an opportunity to make it. Um, well, I mean, I can share the link with you guys so you know, everybody can watch it when you have time. Absolutely. Um, please do. Please do. We also worked on Black Girl in the Ring over the summer. Um, that's still in post. Um, and Saeed, who is also the president of the Jamaica Film and Television Association, he was also one of the speakers on the show. Um, and yeah, we're just looking at it the different. So I said the podcast is called perfect place to make a movie it's more a question than a statement and we'll look at both sides so you have the element of sarcasm and then you have the actual truth in terms of what about jamaica makes it perfect to make a film here you know so look on different positives you know the affordability the fact that jamaica everybody knew everybody and then you have the negatives now which is that in jamaica we don't really have an appreciation for intangibles Mm. and persons aren't quick to invest in that you know so a lot of times People make films and you're funding it out of your pocket or, you know, um, company partners with you. But, you know, they're, they're very strenuous in terms of, of, of how the film is made. They want to impact the story. And that in itself waters on the story. Um, we look at the diversity of the locations we have in Jamaica. We looked at also the stereotypes um, of previous Jamaican films and, you know, how we can go about changing that. But it was really... Just a discussion as, you know, that's that's what that was the basis for the whole thing. It was a comfortable, open discussion about the industry um, and even demystifying, you know, some of the minor elements that go into making a film because a lot of persons here, oh, you made a movie, they automatically assume, how do you do that? You know, is it that you have a lot of money? How do you do that? How, where do you learn to make a film? So, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of hanging fruit and people would anticipate. So it's just about having a discussion around that. Nice. And who are you nominating? Who is going in the ring? <laughs> um, right. Which one of the girls haven't got it? I see. I see Tammy's camera on, so I'll nominate her. <laughs> Thank you. Hey again. All right. So my podcast titled The Tiny of People Fire from Extinction. It came from... All right. So before I mentioned, I was a bit of an explorer. And for a few months now, I've been thinking about our ancestry, indigenous people, where we are from. Um, while I was helping my son, who is in grade four, do some schoolwork on Tainos, I started reading a lot of stuff. Um, for some reason, everything started connecting me, with me deeper. You know, you ever have a moment where you're reading something and it's just, it feels really relatable. So I started wondering, okay, what do we know about the Tainos? No one really, we just 
are at the Arawaks, they were here and then they were not here. And that's basically it. Um, we know a little about their culture. And so when I started looking into it, I discovered that, discovered is the wrong word, but I found out that there is, you know, we have a, a tribe, a Taino tribe here. Um, there are people who identify as Tainos. There are people who have passed down oral history and just is still maintaining the way that we're taught. And so I saw the opportunity for the podcast because this was before that. And I saw the opportunity and I grabbed it because I thought it was a good way to share the fact that, okay, this is where we're from. Yes, we might have our different ancestry. We know a lot about, you know, how we were mixed with Africans, Europeans, but we don't really know about that Arawak side, that China side. And so I spoke with, you know, someone who identifies as Taino, shares in the heritage, um, is basically privy to the oral history and everything that's been passed down. And that's what the podcast was about. So it led me on a journey that I didn't know that I would be going on or made me talk to people that I didn't know, you know, identified in such a way or were so deeply involved in our history. Oh, Tammy, you're teasing into the next segment where I ask you guys about the unexpected things that came along your way. Wow, you're so forward thinking. (laughs) Um, Who are you nominating, Tammy? I am nominating Waldane. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Tammy, for that. And thank you, everyone else, for sharing. Um, I just wanted to add it to almost everybody who has spoken before about the fact that um, as Jamaicans and as Caribbean people, um, we are all storytellers in our own right. And we tell our stories in unique ways. Right. And um, this podcast, what I wanted to do was to somewhat modernize or to offer the modernized um, version of um, our oral traditions and heritage being passed down. the traditional practice of brookings. So my episode titled, What are Brookings? That came to me out of my own experience as a performance artist. Being um, in school and reading about the the traditional practice, you get so much about it, but then for the actual or the the real thing, you don't know what it is like. So I decided that I wanted to talk with the Manchinil Cultural Group, which is the group which this performance, or let's say the space where this traditional practice emerged out of, right? Manchinil in Portland, um, there in Jamaica. And um, what happened was that I wanted to meet with the the, the group to talk with them about the practice to see what is um, significance in today's contemporary society and how how it's being preserved. Because of course, we normally hear about these practices that they happen, but are they still being practiced? Just like Tuba said said about Kumina, right? How do we preserve these traditions? How do we we hold on to them and not just feature them when it's something of cultural significance coming around? So um, the podcast was to feature them kind of kind of jumping into the 90s. I didn't get an opportunity to actually go to Portland as I wanted to, but um, I had the conversation and it, 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 it supported the idea that we wanted, I wanted rather the opportunity to pass this, this information down to the younger generation because of, a lot of them don't know what these things are. They only hear about them and wonder or not even are wondering about um, much about w- w- why they're significant to us as a people. In, in a nutshell, I just wanted us to be able to rewrite our own stories. We've been retelling the stories that have been written for us, and we haven't been able to tell the stories that we know ourselves. So I just wanted the opportunity to, you know, to jump into rewriting our own stories. So thank you. Um, I think we, we should hear a little bit about um, some science now, some, some science brains from Cavill. Ah, thank you. <laughs> All right, so I'm Cabal Hilton. I'm a science educator. I've been teaching for over 10 years um, in science education. And my podcast is about unlocking science for everyone everywhere. So based on my background, sometimes people will tend to think about science, you know, in a very boxed way. Just think about test tubes and someone in a lab. So they don't think about how, you know, science is much more than that. So my podcast is about exploring science on different levels. So as it means, such as unlocking science in different areas. And one of the things that I'm very passionate about is, you know, how we see persons pursuing a career in science. 
certain way that a person should look if they're involved in science. So um, my podcast actually looks at a young lady who is sort of breaking those stereotypes as it relates to science and also looks at, you know, how it's more multidimensional than we thought and career on a whole. You don't have to just be a lawyer, doctor. You know, there's so much more out there that you can pursue and you don't have to be one thing either. And that is the message that I want persons to take away from my podcast. Because I'm a science educator, but at the same time, I'm also a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a science coordinator. I'm a science communicator. So there are many different things. I wear a lot of hats. I do graphic design as well. So I'm all into technology and web development. So there are just many things that we can do. And it's time that we educate our students to not just pick one thing or choose one thing. And also to just encourage them and let them know that, you know, there's so much more out there for them. They can think outside the box and they can achieve not just one thing, many things in life. Thank you. Excellent. And on that note, I would point it over to Damien to tell us about the youth that he engaged for his podcast. All right. Thank you, Zara. Thank you again, everybody. And great um, podcast um, so far. Well, so our podcast is entitled Find the Opportunities, um, engaging two young people, but specifically uh, two young persons from the community of Marbley. Um, the idea really was also to find and to highlight an area um, that we don't hear um, much about, you know, because you know that lots, some of, a lot of our communities, uh, if you're not from an upscale community, there are lots of stereotyping and stigma against it. So we wanted also to, we wanted to show as well that you know, right in Jamaica, you do have uh, success stories um, coming out of these communities as well, you know, and given the fact that we're all affected by or impacted by the pandemic, we wanted to, to, to highlight that to see how youth, especially across Jamaica, how they have been dealing with the pandemic and the fact that they are pushing themselves and motivating themselves to be resilient um, young people. Uh, we know the factors that, that affects us in terms of like mental health and you know struggle with you know the financial side of things. So we focused the episode on that. And again, we saw these individuals to be community builders as well. Because if we're going to have a stronger nation, we also need to have resilient young people, and they're also the future. So it's almost um for for them to highlight the community. Um, that they're from, look at the, some of the struggles that they have, they have experienced and how they have, you know, used those struggles and come through with the coping mechanisms and then also to build um, the image of the community. Uh, one of the, well, the guests that we interviewed, uh, one of them actually started a foundation um, during the pandemic period to help the younger children who were not in school and uh, another one of our guests as well, she, part of her motivation is to motivate young girls and to also to deal with um, this whole matter about you know, gender-based violence. So she's passionate about advocating for those things too. So we, are, we, so we highlighted that to show that we have young people who are advocates in Jamaica and they want to see um, Jamaica be a better place, even by starting at the community level. So that's pretty much the focus of the episode that we did. And uh, I'm looking forward to share with you all and also to hear what everybody else had to say as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, last but not least, <laughs> Mel. Hello. Tell us what's up. Tell us that storytelling perspective from your end. Yes. And there's something I forgot before. Um, my partner, Tanya. She's a book publisher and former journalist, right? Important to say that as well. All right, so with Echo Chamber, Writers on Writers, as I was saying before, we spoke with persons who knew writers who have passed on. We had, uh, we had Umbala, a multi-instrumentalist and poet, speaking about Mikey Smith, the poet who was murdered in 1983. We had Nadine Sutherland speaking about Peter Tosh, who was murdered in 1987. We had... Uh, Mervyn Morris speaking about Miss Lou, who died 2006. And we had Blacker Ellis speaking about Jean Breeze, who died earlier this year. 
So it's a matter of getting the personal insight. These are persons who many times we encounter just through their work, not just, but we know their work. We know their recordings, we know their texts. We wanted to speak with persons who actually knew the persons and were able to give insights that only friends and acquaintances outside of the professional space could give. And there were some surprises, of course. So many times we look at writers or performers as persons who are so far removed from us. And of course, these are persons, I mean, died 1983. When Jean Breeze died, she was 65. There's a lot of them are older persons and perhaps removed from a younger generation. So there is that. But I do find that within writing, there is a stronger connection between older persons and between generations than there is perhaps in, in popular music, in popular music. So I wanted to reinforce that. And of course, carry it forward and nurture, contribute something to the writing community. Contribute something to the writing community that often gathers only at events, many of which have been off because of COVID-19, well, all of them actually. So that's where we're coming from. Nice. Thank you, Melville, for, for those insights. It really gave me a different perspective, indeed. Okay. Um, all right, so this section, thank you all for telling, um, for telling me and each other about your podcast, just getting a little more insight into just the heart that, that was put into this, because I know that it was, you know, brains, it was emotions, I'm sure. Um, I just want to open the floor a bit shake it up, make it a little less structured and just um, open the floor for just talking about the podcast process itself. So there was the stage one, which was applying. And then there was stage two, which was actually producing the podcast. And then now after going forward um, in, your, in your content creation processes, as you continue to do the work that you do for the communities that you serve. So um, thinking about the application process or the podcast process, whichever whichever part you, you choose to focus on. Were there any, some have already hinted at it, but what were some of the challenges that you faced, if any? Um, what were some of the, the lessons that you learned or some just interesting gems that you heard, um, you know, in, in doing the podcast itself or even preparing to do it? Let me hear some of these, these good nuggets and insights. Open for anyone to answer. Don't speak all at once. <laughs> all right. Um, you stand. The main challenge that I encountered was to scale this podcast down to 20 minutes. That is the main that's Talia the main is challenge. agreeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> the intent going in was to have an interview with one of the older practitioners or one of the oldest practitioners and one of his students, which is also uh, currently a practitioner and teacher. And that quickly turned into 70 minutes of recording. Um, and we stopped short. <laughs> so, and there is still a lot more to say. So, I mean, initially we had already identified that a podcast was something that we wanted to do. And that was going to be over time as opposed to a one episode. So that's that's really the major challenge that I had. Uh, Surprise-wise, uh, I wouldn't say a surprise, but every time that I'm, I'm a student practitioner of, of Kumina, and it is interesting even in, even in speaking with the same individuals, it is always so interesting how much I learned from a one single conversation there, and it leads to so much more that is still not said, you know? So... Yeah, that was kind of the, 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 the most interesting part. It, it, it was a pleasure as well going through the process of proposing to do the podcast because, you know, it required that we actually clearly identify what we are doing as a community, you know? So that was a good part for I and I. Wow, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm sure many will agree with you here that it was a challenge to do that 20 minutes because here we are having a one-hour reception, right? And I feel like we could talk, you know, we could go on and on. Um, love the point that you made about student practitioner. I'm seeing the hands. Thank you so much. That was a great idea. I will go to Cavell first and then after that, I'll go to Tammy. So besides the, the challenge of, of fitting everything in 20 minutes, and I'm sure that hopefully this will inspire you to continue that, that, that content creation process 
space. Um, besides that challenge, what are some of the other challenges or interesting lessons or, or surprises, as you put it, Muta? Um, Kavel, over to you. Wow. Well, I wouldn't, uh, I think editing for me, because that would be my first time. I'm very fresh as it comes to podcasts. I'm not as seasoned maybe as many persons here are. But this is something that I've always wanted to do. And I pretty much approach it as a challenge that I would, you know, love doing or, you know, saw the, the good that would come out of it. So I've always wanted to do a podcast and just applying. I saw this as an opportunity to actually get it done. And yeah, some funding that's great also. <laughs> like icing on the cake. <laughs> right. So um, yes, yeah, so. I, I thought it was a really good experience for me and interviewing that young lady. She was actually a past student of mine and actually getting to know her more in terms of she sharing her story about how she actually, you know, got interested in the sciences. That's something that I did not know. And I, yeah, I think the message that came from it is something that other persons will enjoy and that they will learn from. So for me, it was a good experience, all of it, even editing and cutting it down to 20 minutes. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Natalia. <laughs> Listen, 20 minutes is too short a time around artistic people. It is just not going to work. Um, that was one challenge. Also the editing, you know, coming into this as a newbie. I didn't know the editing was the bulk of the work, if that makes sense. Um, you know, is what took up majority of, I guess, the troupons. <laughs> but it was a good um, process for me. My engineer was really nice. Um, applying for the podcast as a newbie, I was scared. I was like, should I do it? Should I not? <laughs> Natalia, you can do this. No, you can't you know <laughs> but um I just went for it I felt like I had nothing to lose so why not the worst I could get was a no um some other <laughs> right um some other challenges were you know just getting dancers to be together in one place with the work schedule um but we made it work they made the time for me and it was just interesting knowing that different ages different experiences yet we all have something in common when we were talking. So you know the 20 minutes. I am there with everybody else with the hour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> got you, got you, got you, got you. Okay, so we have a couple more hands and we have just about five minutes left before we wrap up this section. Um, so is there anything else to add in terms of just any insights, um, any challenges, anything new that hasn't been said already? Um, let me see who I should go to first. Damien, and then Walden, then Sandri, perhaps. Okay, starting with you, Damien. Oh, all right, thanks. Um, I do share most of the sentiments with every, that everybody gave. Um, I'll just spin to it in terms of, I mean, I've been a podcaster for quite a, quite a bit, quite a while. Uh, one of the things um, for those of us who are in content creation is that we're always looking for opportunities to grow and to expand and to challenge ourselves. So part of that is funding. So yes, the funding was a good part of it and we are really appreciative of it. But I appreciated in the longer haul the, the meetings that we've had with the StreamX team because I think it really focuses us for what is to come in terms of the future. So we were able to know to navigate like how we deal with business partnerships, you know? So in the future, if our podcast is supposed to grow bigger than what it is right now, or for those of us who are just starting and we're looking for sponsors and partners and all of that, we would know what it is like to engage um, with the individuals and know when people are also spending their money, um, what they require as well. Because I'm sure there are some times when we had to tweak some things and it was Zara said this or Josh said that. And, you know, so um, in a good way, we really, it was really helpful and it really um, is a training ground for other things to come. So, and I really appreciate that aspect of it. So I want to throw that in as well, that as we embark on it, we'll have had the training to know what a business meeting and a business proposal is like for content creation. 
thank you for that, Damien. That's a very um, it's a very good point, and we are happy to know that because that is the whole purpose, indeed, of the Jamaica International Streaming Expo of Streamix is really to build capacity for our local content creators. So, not just through providing the grants and also through sharing knowledge, but even in these business meetings, you know, just helping to um, to foster that 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 kind of awareness um, in terms of the skills that might be needed in building a proposal, building an application, um, you know, and pitching it as well. Um, so thank you for that. Well, Dame. Yes, I just wanted to quickly add on what Damien had said. Yeah, definitely. This, um, I, I've done podcasts before, I've written down my ideas and so on, but this really forced me into sitting down and writing a proposal for my podcast to share with um, the team. And I also wanted to talk about the communication um, of the team with the um, with the participants, I should say. I don't know um, about you guys, but I had a, a very professional and strong level of communication between myself and Zara and Joshua that helped me throughout the production process to um, going to submitting. And I also wanted to talk about my the opportunity that I missed into going to Portland to meet to meet my uh, my interviewee, uh, because I believe that we've been forced into this realm of, you know, um, Zoom and um, virtual reality that we forget the connections that we make with people. So I made, made a connection through this podcast and this is something that I will go on to, you know, to, to expand. And I'm looking forward to the collaborations that are here in this very meeting with the other podcasters. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much, Walden, for those for those honest and balanced comments as well. There definitely are challenges. Um, but as well, so many opportunities for, for continuing the work that you do and even also collaborating with the fellow podcasters here. So that's great. Sandri, and then after that, Melville. Sandri? Okay, so let me hurry up so I can give Mel some time. All right, so one of my greatest challenges was that, first of all, I saw the application pretty late, which meant I sent my application in a couple hours before it was due to be up, to be closed. And then I had no voice, and I'm still struggling with that voice right now because it still goes and comes. So I was worried about how I would record it. I had done a, a version before, but it sounded a little bit too monotonous, not monotonous, but it didn't sound like I we were having a discussion. And then I also wanted to include the person who went with me on my journey to Manchester. And I wasn't able to do that at the time because of time issues between both of us. So those things I found to be challenging. And I was also a bit anxious. So my mind was racing about what I should include and I shouldn't include. Um, literally tripped over my words at times because of the anxiety. And then I met Josh and the team, Sarah and everybody. I felt a little bit better and I'm feeling a little better now that we're in the session. So hopefully it Yes. <laughs> and the parts that I appreciate, again, the meetings from meeting with the team to meeting with all of you guys. And some of the stories I heard from myself in the community. These are people who will tell you that BBC and some other teams will come into their areas and do interviews. But, you know, they'd never get to really tell their side. It's that they know what they're looking for. So sometimes these people get excluded and they felt really excited about being included in something like this. And they'd ask when you're going to come back to video it again so that they can be on the video. And that oh, felt really good. Because you were giving a voice. Yes, you're giving a voice to somebody who usually doesn't have one. So that was it for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you, Alden, for the clap, for the virtual clap. Love that. <laughs> All right, Melville, over to you. Yep, thank you. So during the application process, and uh, you know, whatever happens after up to this point, I was reminded of something that I know uh, somebody connected with Calabash said one time. Yeah, it's either Kwame does or Colin Chana when they're giving fellowships, you know. He said that sometimes when people give grants and create opportunities, they do it in such a way that it he didn't say the word demean, but I know what he was taking. He was, that's what he was going for, that it diminishes the dignity of the recipient and that you feel that you must be forever beholden afterwards for being demeaned. And this was a process where dignity and, you know, I felt like you're begging at any point. I'm speaking for me, of course, here, right? For us, myself, I'm a partner. You don't feel like you're begging. You don't feel as if you are... Yeah, compromising your artistic thoughts and your endeavors. And up to this point, now even here, this sort of open conversation doesn't feel as if you're being branded for life and that you will be, and I hope you are getting right, uh, meandering on there, 
right? And that's very, 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 very good. Okay, and I really, really appreciate that. All right, because why well, now? Let me not ask people for nothing still. <laughs> well, we're we're glad that we're glad that you could feel that that freedom to to create um that is definitely important and it is always there's always a balance um but sometimes you know it, sometimes it does feel like the balance is a bit out of local creators control and that is exactly what we were trying to equilibrate um in this project so blessings for that yeah. yeah man yeah man yeah man that worked thank you and what we also, there are the challenges, not, not, not many, but one great thing that came out of it, uh, we use creative sounds and found that it's a good space for recording voice. I like how the thing is set up. They have for a table with four cubicles, well, not cubicles, but open sort of stuff created out of plexiglass, plastic, whatever. They divide the table and it works very well. And the engineer there that worked with, Adrian, excellent the sound quality well decent and it's a space that you know funds willing etc we want to use for future recordings so that Excellent. was very good to be introduced to that space big up creative sounds yeah man well we love to see that so yeah partnerships partnerships all around um yeah. We are coming to the very end now. We only have one minute left and I still have to close out. We want to end on time. But are there, I'll just um, ask if there are any burning um, comments or, or anything um, for the team or, or for those who will be listening to this, this podcast um, when it becomes available. I would just open for that now. With all of, all of the, the creators here, we need to find a way to, to link up. <laughs> that we need to do. Yes, yeah. we would be we'd be happy. We'd be happy to to get you all connected for sure. And and it's just such a pleasure that this has really been uh, an insightful conversation for each of you, and certainly for us as a team. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you all. Um, our Voices of Jamaica podcasters and, of course, panelists and the Alpha School of Music, of course, for convening the Jamaica International Streaming Expo. Um, it's really been a pleasure working with you all in your content creation process. Of course, we have to shout out the U.S. Embassy of Kingston, who made it possible through its Public Affairs Division. Um, it's really been a pleasure collaborating with you all. And we are so, so looking forward, and I'm sure the public is too, to hearing the episodes um, for you um, on the Voices of Jamaica podcast series. So everyone, say bye. Take care. <laughs> Let's say bye. bye. It was a pleasure meeting yes, you all. Bye. 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 Yes. We shall connect you. Shall connect yeah, you. Make, yeah, do that. Make me link. Make me link. Bye. Right. <laughs> All right. Be good, everybody. For more information about the Voices of Jamaica and the stories they tell, please visit the Alpha School of Music website, alphamusicja.com, and click on the Voices of Jamaica link.